Man, good to be with you guys tonight. Uh, this is kind of like family almost. Um, if you guys have been with me any any amount of time, you know we don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> right? Holy Spirit's going to just do what he does. But, man, I just want to, um, I feel like Holy Spirit is saying briefly to just honor um, one of the fathers of this house. And uh, Bob is a father of this house. And uh, do not take that lightly, that God has called a man who has walked through so much experience, so much life, um, to this house. And uh, he didn't know I was going to say that. He wouldn't want me to say it. But there's something innate in the wisdom that older men who have journeyed through life carry. And it's interesting, it's directly connected to what we're going to talk about today, but, but know that. So if it's not Bob, if there's someone else in your, your area, tap into wisdom. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm old, but I'm still young, and I need older men to tell me, you're a punk, and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so we, we still need that, right? And man, I'll tell you, I speak to this younger generation all the time. And the thing that this younger generation is really missing is listening to older men and older women. And so tonight, this, this message is you have a circle, you have a, a circumference, you have an area of influence right where you're at. And you might think, well, I got to be Miss Paul and I got to be Chris or I got to be Bob to be, no, 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 no. God's positioned you strategically where you're at to make a difference. That difference might be with one person, it might be two person, it might be with 2,000, whatever. But God is saying, like, you are, you are positioned to make a difference. Uh, I just want everybody to close their eyes real quick. And just listen to, listen to this. Lean on me when you're not strong. And I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. It won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. You can open your eyes. Think about the power of those lyrics. Lean on not not yourself. (laughs) Lean on me. Who's your me? God the Father is our me. But through his Holy Spirit and through who he is, he calls other people to be that. Lean on me when you're not strong. Because by yourself, you're not intended to do life alone. Because I'm going to need somebody to lean on. But this world prophesies, this world tells you, like, you got to do these things by yourself. And here tonight, we're going to talk about who is your community. Because who your community is and who you have around you is not something that just happens by accident. It's something that happens intentionally. It's something that you have to go after and you have to seek who your community will be. See, Chris and, and, and many others in here, we've done these defensive classes, 
I've done some defensive classes in my day. I'm not just the, you know, a brother up here with a green jacket. Because there's a lot of black guys that just have guns and that whatever. <laughs> Let's be honest. I've actually done some classes. So eight months of training, you learn when you're going into a building, and you don't know what's in that room, right, Chris? You don't know. I might be taking lead, but somebody's got to have my back. Somebody's got to have my six. If I'm at 12, somebody's got to have my six. And that doesn't just go for when you're walking into a room blindly. That goes for life. Like when you are walking into the situations of life, when you are walking into the situations of, man, I don't know if my marriage is going to work out. I just got fired from my job. I'm, I'm facing this disease. I'm facing this situation. The question is, who's your community and who has your six? Because if I'm moving forward, oftentimes the attack, guess what? Where's where it coming from? Come on, my brother. Right behind you. The attack's coming from behind you. And if you have a brother or a sister that's saying, I love you enough, I see you enough, I believe in you enough, that I have your back. Because to have someone's back means I believe in who you are. To have someone's back means I see the destiny, the calling, the identity that Jesus Christ has called you to. Because nobody wants to be in the back. Like, right? We all want, I need accolades. I was the first one to go through the door. Guess what? I took him out. Nobody talks about the guy in the six. But if it wasn't for the guy in the six, you ain't getting any accolades. So the question becomes, who's your community today? Who has your six? So we're going to talk tonight about five C's, five C's of community. Here we go. The first C is commonality. And we're actually going to talk about God's creation in light of all of this. So there's, there's these interesting birds called geese. Anybody have heard of geese? Everybody, anybody, raise your hand if you've seen geese in your life. Okay, the only half of y'all. You, uh, the rest of y'all living in a dungeon. Okay. Geese. Come on. Every, every time winter comes, they fly. Every time summer comes, they come back. We love the geese, right? They're amazing. The first thing about geese that we're going to learn with us is there's a commonality. There's a commonality with geese. There's a commonality in our life because they fly in this common direction. And check it out. Um, do we have any geese scientists in here? I hope not because you're you going you to mess me up. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't even know if that's a thing, but they could be. So studies have said that because of the formation that geese actually fly in, one goose and I'm going to show I'm going to mess this up throughout tonight, goose and geese. But one goose can actually, with the same amount of energy, so this is my energy, I'm flapping, can actually, with that same energy, because it's in its formation, can fly 70% further because it's in the formation. Not 7%. 70% further with the same amount of energy. And I wonder how many of us, are you like me? We've been flying solo. I'm flapping my wings. But I haven't been in the right formation. And when I get in the right formation with the right people who have the right vision, with the right identity, with the right focus, oh, snap. Now all of a sudden, I'm flying a lot further. 
So I wonder, what is your formation? What is your, your, your commonality tonight as we talk about the power of who has your six, the power of community? Judges chapter 7, f- famous passage. And, and if you're like me, what is that, Judges chapter 7? Well, that's actually the passage that talks about where Gideon, incredible leader of God, who didn't really think he was incredible, but God calls him to be incredible. He's got 30,000 cats. He's getting ready to face the Midianites. He's getting ready to face a battle. He's got 30,000 guys. What's your name, man? David. That's a ridiculously powerful name, by the way, in case you didn't know. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, So imagine if you go into battle, you might feel good, David, like, man, what up? I got 30,000 cats behind me. Let's roll. And then God's like, hey, David guess what, man? You got too many people. We got to get rid of some. You get ready to fight way more than you. And God's like, you got to get rid of cats. So he starts putting you through these tests. And the final test is tell the guys that are remaining to go drink water. And the guys that are drinking water, there's some that they, they bring the water up to their mouth and they cup it. They're drinking. Other guys are like, man, I'm super thirsty. Gideon's been putting us through all these ridiculous trials. And they're just like, ah, right? Which is probably what I would do. To be honest. (laughs) I'm tired. I'm weird. But God's like, man, those guys that cuffed it, that laughed it up, those are your men. An interesting thing is I've looked at that chapter. I'm like, why in the world would you choose those as your 300? And if I was Gideon, or if I was God, I would say, those guys that brought the water up, guess what? This hand supports, right? This hand is bringing up. If I got a sword, if I got a knife, if I got a, I'm ready. Right? If I'm like full on. So I wonder right now, who in your company? Who in your 300 is prepared to protect you, is prepared to buy into the vision, is prepared to say, you know what, this sounds like a crazy thing. How are we, 300 people are going to fight all these guys? But who has enough faith right now in your company to say, I'm behind you. I'm behind you, David. I'll support you. And the commonality of vision, the commonality of purpose, the commonality of the heart of God are people that we have to look for because not everybody carries that. And in order for us to be able to identify who those people are, we got to be able to hear from the Father what he's called us to. Because if there's any discrimination in that, we won't know who to choose as our Gideon. Joshua and Caleb. Anybody ever heard of Joshua and Caleb? They were two of the twelve. Two of the 12 spies that went into Canaan. God's like, go spy out the land. Ten of those cats were like, ain't no way. We ain't going in. Dude, they're huge. They're scary. And we are small. And we're weak. And Joshua and Caleb were like, we got this. There was unity in the vision of what Joshua and Caleb saw according to what the Spirit of God was speaking to them. You're going to have a hard time if you are not flying with the right people who have the same commonality in your life, who are not striving for the same things of God. 
And I get it. There are people that God's calling us to minister to, but there's also people who God's calling to minister to us that are in our circle, that are positioned with us commonality-wise. Proverbs 12, 26 says this, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And then Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate, I'm going to raise my hand on that one. I've associated with plenty of, associate with fools and get in trouble. And I wasn't planning on saying this, but I've played the game of like, well, I'm just, I'm just kind of friends with them. I'm just hanging out. That associate, trust me, it's going to get you in trouble. As soon as you like, oh, I'm hanging out. We just hanging out together. Associate with fools will get you in trouble. And we were just, I was just talking to some people out there in the lobby. This world is so wishy-washy. There's no black and white anymore. It's like, well, it's, it's cool. We can just, I'm just hanging out with that guy at the brewery who's cheating on his wife for like three times. Like, it's cool. Associate with fools and you will get in trouble. Run with people that we want to be like. Run with champions. If you want to be a champ, you can't run with losers. <laughs> like, it just doesn't work that way. Muhammad Ali was not getting trained by the guy that was 0-50 in his fights. Right? Float like a butterfly, float like, whatever that, I probably messed that up. But, like, sting like a bee. Who said that? Come on, girl. What? You know about it, Muhammad. Give me some. Yeah, sting like a bee. He wasn't hanging out with losers who were 0-50. He was hanging out with champions. And what I tell kids all the time when I speak to them, if you want to see what the trajectory of your life is, look at your five closest friends. And I, I hate to tell you, but if you're 30, 40, 50, 60 up in here, it's the exact same thing. Look at who your five closest friends are. And we need to know where we're going in order to get there. So here's lesson two about geese. If you're a goose, if you will, is when a goose falls out of formation, it immediately feels the drag of the wind or the drag of the current, and it will quickly move back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the other geese in front of it, okay? So, you know, there's always that V, but if they fall out, I mean, there's this immediate like, <gasps> oh my goodness, I gotta get back and then they get back in formation, right? So that's the same way for us. So as we look at this, there's things that want to get us out of formation. Number one is sin. Hebrews says, and we, we talked about this several months ago, but therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, that hinders us, and the sin that so easily entangles. So, so sin is missing the mark. When we fall out of formation, there's a, there's a possible thing that it could be sin in our life. And, and if you guys grew up anything like me, sin was like, oh, sweet baby Jesus, if you're in sin and he comes back right now, you're going to hell. Dude, right? But there's been this glorious part of the Father that's walked me along this process of like, 
son, yes, you're, you're in sin, and I want you to see there's so much more I have for you. Like, I, I get it. But if you can just see how amazing this other part is, so it's that missing the mark. So oftentimes when we fall out of formation, there's just a sin area that God, the Father, Jesus, who died for us, Holy Spirit is like, hey, dude, you just, come on, man, let's just get back over here. And here's an honest confession for me. I was saying this to a brother this morning. I'm really, really weird. I hear Jesus, the Holy Spirit, in the voice of Chris Rock. It's really weird. But thank you. <laughs> but here's but he knows how I need to hear him. So he'll do this like, come on, man, you playing around? Let, let's get for real. I'm like, yeah, you're right, Holy Spirit. And it's just this loving, how do you hear the Holy Spirit say, come up higher? So sin is one way we fall out of formation. Another way, life obstacles and challenges. John 16, says this, I have said these things to you that in me you will have peace, but in this world you will have tribulation. We're going to have trials. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So sometimes when we fall out of formation, it's, man, just life has happened. There's obstacles, there's things, there's disease, there's, like, we have a troubled child, like, man. And when that happens, we need a tribe, we need people around us to say, I will surround you, I will help you get back to where you need to be. The third thing is, and I know no one in here can relate to this, fatigue. I know none of you all get tired because you're the Energizer Bunnies, but, man, I'll tell you, when I get tired, that's a really um, interesting opportunity for the enemy to come right along and drag me out of for- formation. So, yeah, rest, Sabbath, like actually taking time to create boundaries to say, I'm not answering emails, I'm not answering phone calls, I'm, whatever that looks like for you. Like that's, there's a reason that the Father modeled Sabbath for us. So fatigue can be an easy one. The fourth one is being led astray. We don't talk about this one a lot, but, you know, there are false teachers among us. There are wolves among us. There are people who are not teaching the truth of the gospel, which is why it's so important to take one of the 15 Bibles we have in our homes and actually read it for ourselves. To be able to go back and say, wait a minute, thank you for that prophetic word, and that was really super awesome, and I got super great goosebumps. But, like, let me go back to the word and see, like, oh, wait a minute. That prophetic word of leaving my wife doesn't align with the word of God. There's people that are out there, and this is what Scripture says about this. is 1 Corinthians, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Matthew 24, 24 says, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders. So as to be misled, if possible, even the elect. We, ha- we have to be grounded in the word of God, and community will help us stay focused on where we need to be. The, the last thing I want to point out is uh, just lack of connection. That is something that will allow us to fall out of formation. Uh, I've been in, I'm just going to be very honest, a dry season, the last six, seven months. I'm pressing through, and 
it's very interesting. I'm learning a whole lot more about the Father in this dry season than in like these incredible revival moments. And it, I'll tell you, there's times I'm like, I am, I don't care to go close to you, Jesus. Let's just be done. I'm good where we're at. He's like, oh, no, you're not. And it's been a dry season. But I've had brothers and sisters around my wife and I who have continued to just call us upward. Um, I'll get, jeez, uh, here we go. <laughs> a random text, a random word, somebody sending you a random sermon that they don't even know where you're at, but they're like, here you go. And immediately I get back in formation because there's brothers and sisters who are staying connected. And so in order for that to happen, abiding with the Father, you know, he always ta- in John chapter 15, he talks a lot about abide in me. So that abiding, pray without ceasing, staying in communion, staying with the Father, hearing from him, stillness. It's something we don't practice a lot is stillness. Hearing, hearing from him. Meditation. Anybody in here journal? Yeah, okay. So one and a half person. Cool. All right. Um, <clears throat> that's something I'm, I'm learning. Like, I got to get back into that. I got to get back into journaling. Wasn't planning on saying this, but there's a guy. Um, his name is Mark Verkler. So if you ever want to, uh, <laughs> you know a lot more than I think, Bob. Mark Verkler talks a lot, four keys of hearing the voice of God. This isn't in my notes. This is just something that I've taught and I've embraced myself. Uh, if you're thinking about journaling and hearing from the voice of God, I would strongly encourage you to Google Mark Verkler and get his stuff. But, like, just hearing from the Father, asking, okay, what's a key question you have for me in this season? So some of us right now, if we're honest, we don't feel loved by the Father. If we're honest, we feel lost with no direction. If we're honest, we feel abandoned. So you could easily say, Father, have you abandoned me? Question mark. And then sit and wait. And listen as he starts to download to you and just write. Just write everything you hear. Because we're so like psychologically advanced that we critique everything the first 22 seconds it comes across the plate. Just listen. Then after that, Look at what you read and say, Father, is this, is this you? And hear what he says. And then here's the part about community and the geese we surround ourselves with. Bring it to another brother and sister and say, am I smoking crack or do you think this is true about me and God? And they'll be like, yeah, yep, you need to put down the crack pipe because that's not God. Or they'll say, yeah, dude, that totally resonates so abiding in him is a very large key to staying connected to our formation. Mentorship, counseling, accountability. Uh, I'm, a, in, okay, I'm a huge, huge proponent of counseling, mentorship, accountability. I just saw my counselor on Friday. I am not ashamed. And when people try to shame me, I'm like, oh, you just don't know. You're just that broken that you're going to try to shame me. about. Yeah. Like, I need somebody wiser, more experienced in my life. And if I got to pay you, sweet, <laughs> I'll pay you to deal with my broken behind. Like, that's just life. That's the, the reality of that. 
Now, let me say something about accountability. We all think like, well, I'm getting with Pastor Bob, and uh, now I'm accountable. No, no, no. That's part of it. You have to make yourself accountable to someone else. You, you actually have to avail who you are to them because there's only so many questions Pastor Bob can ask you that can get to the depth of where you are. You got to want accountability. So accountability starts with like, I'm making myself accountable. So when you think about those steps of accountability, that's where the freedom really lies within that. And then the last thing is the the small groups. Getting in groups that are smaller than where we are right now. You know, smaller than 20. So what Chris is doing and what you guys are doing and the, the women's small group, those are ridiculously powerful. Get in those and stay in those and contribute. Don't be the, the silent person on the side that's just so clawing. <laughs> right? We know those people. Participate. Like, man, that's the whole power of commonality. That's the whole power of formation and where we're going. Lesson three, chemistry. It's really important. I've had plenty of people in my life, I'm like, we just don't connect. There's no chemistry. So chemistry is incredibly important in the formation of who you find as the people in your community. Who has your six? So let's go back to our geese, right? When the lead goose gets tired, anybody want to guess what happens? What did you say? You are my geese scientist, aren't you? You didn't say. Yes. I've got to redo this whole thing. Thank you. Um, yes. When the lead goose is tired, it falls back in another one, which, dude, if you don't think God is real, these are those moments I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Just geese alone. Come on. Like when one falls out, like, oh, it's just a dumb bird. No, no. They naturally, like, one's like, I got this. <laughs> and goes to the front. Does that not, like, blow your mind? Because I'm just like, this is crazy. And yet there are people who walk all around us and are like, he ain't real. Come on, David. You know some people that think he's not real, right? I'm not going to make you name them. I could. So this this happens. He's like these 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 goose like they jump in front. And my question to you all and myself tonight is like, when you're tired, when you're alone, when you're beat down, when you can't fly anymore. Is there someone in your six that will say, I love you enough, I believe in you enough that I will take the lead on whatever you're dealing with? Because if you don't have that, you are destined to fail. And and let's go even further. If you don't have that, can we effectively model the kingdom of God? If somebody is not saying, I am willing to lay down my agenda, my life, my whatever for you, for my brother, they will know we are Christians by our. And if you or I don't have anybody that is willing 
to step in when we can't run point anymore? I wonder, what, what, what are they really watching? You talk a good game about Jesus, but ain't nobody got your back when you lost your job. You talk a really good game about who he is. But when you're in financial straits, nobody will help you? I wonder if the world doesn't see more of Jesus when all of a sudden we're struggling and people come around us. I wonder if they're like, that's super weird. Because if I was going through that situation, I would have no one to call. But you have... What? You have 15, 20 people? This Monday marked the anniversary of when my son went to heaven. And if you guys were here last time I talked, I, 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 we, Holy Spirit allowed us to push into that big time. So he'd be 15 years old today. And he, he went home to be with the father. And God did this really cool thing last time I talked about it. He gave me this really cool picture of him in the throne room. It's like crazy. It happened with you guys. But I will, I will double dog guarantee you this. I would not be married. I would not be standing here today if it wasn't for community during that. So, we, we, you know, he's perfect. He's going to be born. It's going to be awesome. And then tragedy. So for the next 35 days, not just the next 35 days, but for a, a year, more than a year, we had intimately, intimately community walk with us. And I sent out a little thing on Instagram to people I haven't talked to in years that were there for us. Man, response, response, response. And I'll tell you this. The first time I probably really encountered the love of the Father was when my son died, and 32 minutes later, I had a brother on his knees, hugging my knee and weeping. Weeping on my knee. His name's Tony Brown. That's somebody that has your six. And if I were to call him right now, this cat would be on a plane. I haven't talked to him intimately in years, but he'd be on a plane right now for me. And so when you can't run lead anymore, who, who can help you? Who can, who can be there for you when you, when you, can't, you can't keep doing it? And they know, hey, man, I got you right now, but you're going to come back. That, that whole movement, who, who has that for you? Um, so many times in uh, marriage, you guys have been married 10 years now, right? Yeah, yeah. Woo, give it up. Come on. That's a big. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Yeah. 10 years married is like no joke. Um, they're like elite at this point. I'm not even kidding. But like in any marriage, if you guys have been married or any like relational role, you switch, right? There's times where like, honey, I need you to take lead on this. I can't do it. I can't make a decision, whatever. Or all of a sudden, now the wife takes the lead. It's the same way in our community. And guys, I'll be honest with you, living in community uh, uh, according to this style is like, 
at first super awkward. It's like, oh, you know everything about my life, and this is really weird, and why are you asking me these really hard questions? And please stop. Because we're not, the, society says don't live like this. Keep everything tucked away. Don't tell anybody anything. But the Father has taught us bring things into the light, and there's healing in that. He says in James 5, confess your sins one to another so that you may be not more sick, not more dysfunctional, that you may be healed. And so in community, we really find those things. Friends help us find our blind spots. That's why that six, you know, going back to that terminology of defensive mechanisms and training, if I'm moving into my destiny, if I'm moving into the darkness, if I'm penetrating like the kingdom of God has said, you know what? There's, there's some spots where I'm like, dude, I need help. So for me, my help may come from, hey, Torrance, I, dude, I love you, bro. But like the way you just like treated your daughter in that moment, we got to talk about that. Or the silent, dirty look you just gave your wife because you didn't like how she, shamed, whatever. Like, <laughs> I need a brother to be like, hey, dude, come here a second, man. Can we talk? And that's, that's hard to have people that will actually do that for you. But I have, I have, I, we all have blind spots. And if I really want to be the man of God that God has called me to, that means I've got to, avail myself to accountability, to humility. Iron sharpens iron. That doesn't just work one way. Hello, Chris. I guess what? I'm going to sharpen you, but you don't get to sharpen me. Doesn't work like that. And so that's the powerful part of the formation that we live in and the community that we live in. Here's one thing I really want to make sure I emphasize as we're building our community. People have to earn they have to earn the spot to be in your close-knit community. I, I can't stress that enough, okay? So it can't just be like, you know what? I need community. So Joe Blow is hanging on the corner by McDonald's on Park and Wolfensburger. I need some people. Come a Joe Blow hanging on the corner of McDonald's, Wolfensburger, and Park has got to do some time. They've got to show you that they're willing, able, capable to be in your six, in your community, in your formation. And so with that means, are people trusted? Can, can you trust? Can you really trust them? With that is, what's their real agenda? Because, man, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that have tried to come in my life, and I'm sure in your lives, their agenda was not to see the best torrents. It was to see the best of them as they piggyback off of me. So you, you got to know that. And then the, the, the last thing I will mention is, are they, a, are they a safe place? So what's your name, man? What is it? Aaron. Okay. Here's what's very typical with men. I can have, after the service, a conversation with Aaron, and we're talking back and forth. What most of us do as men I'm not listening to you, man. Let's be honest. I'm thinking of the next best thing I can say. I'm waiting for you to finish. 
And then guess what, Aaron? I'm going to insert in there. You like my green boots and my green jacket? Yeah, yeah, Aaron, you like it. Don't. I'm not really caring for your soul. And so whoever you're, whether it's two, three, five, six people, pay attention. How are they treating you? How are they really listening to your heart? And guys, I'm going to be honest. I got a couple of friends, and one of them here is here tonight, <laughs> that they love me so well that there's times where I'm like, this is super awkward. <laughs> like, dude, I need you to say something to rescue this moment. Like, I just poured out my guts, and they're just like, yeah, hmm, hmm, hmm. And I'm like, I need you to say something right now. This is so painful. Right? But they're just, they're really, really present with me. And man, I would implore you guys, if you find two or three friends like that, you have hit the gold mine. People that are really, really willing to sit with you and your stuff. Proverbs 28, 23 says this. Whoever rebukes a man will later on find more favor than someone who flatters with his words. Woo, Lord, we don't want to talk about that. He who finds somebody that rebukes with his words will find more favor than someone that flatters you. And guys, if you're anything like me, and I'll be, I'm Paul, chief of sinners, man, I, I, I have typically ran from that. But I'm learning, I'm begging Someone, please be in my life that will tell me, you're an idiot. Like, I, I want that. But I'll be honest. Very few people will do it. And let me just side park real quick here on this. If you think you are here at this church by mistake, wake up. You are not here. If you're going to invest, you are not here by mistake. And I was just talking with my boy over here. If we were recalling the people that have seen revivals, and one of the great revivals he's been researching is it only took 17 people. <laughs> oh, we think it's going to take, oh, we need a church of 8,000 people. No, that doesn't, that's not how God operates. He didn't need 8,000 disciples. Like, give me 12. When he died, he didn't need 8,000 people. He's like, give me 72. When he was dead and gone, he didn't need a ton of people. He needed a Peter, a Peter who denied him to say, I will step up and be what you want me to be. It uh, will only take one. And this morning, literally this morning, I am meeting with a professor at a local college that does Denver and, uh, uh, not Denver, doctorate and master stuff. And here's what he told me. He said, Torrance, I want to tell you, we are on the embarkment of degrees that are needed in addiction, guidance, and counseling. He goes, you, you, you can forget, like, this whole spiritual formation of churches. Like, that's long gone. We need, 
pastors and laymen who know how to speak to the brokenness and the addiction of people. Because literally, our social media, I'm sure nobody else has a phone like this, is setting up our, literally, our, this next generation. You're going to be addicted to something. <laughs> like, you just choose whatever you want to be addicted to, but it's about to happen. And, and that, trust me, the next time I come, maybe I'll show you the, the nine-minute video that talks about the science and the chemistry of what they're actually doing. Why, when we scroll, we scroll up. There's a reason that that happens. They, there's a, they're doing it on purpose. So if you think you, you are here at a church that has this DNA, that, that Paul and Chris just thought, like, you know what, it'd be cute to start a little church. Dude, you, you better rethink that and ask the Father, why are you here? And I ask him, why am I here? Why, why am I here? Because I think he wants to do something ridiculous in the lives of the people that are here. But it can only happen as you lock arms. It can only happen through community. It can only happen together. Because the thing the enemy comes against is unity. The minute... People start being unified, oh, you, oh, you ain't going to like that. But you, you let all these mega churches who are like, oh, sister, so-and-so sat in my seat. I don't like the song that they're singing. Why is the preacher, the, the preacher talking about this or that? He's, man, build a big church. He don't care about that because you're divided. But the minute it comes together, he's like, oh, snap, wait a minute. <laughs> we got a problem. Because you mean they're going to look like the church in Acts? Where you, they're like geese flying together and somebody has a problem? And, and you mean like they're actually going to like sell possessions to pay for somebody else's debt? You mean like they're actually cooking meals because somebody... We got a problem. He doesn't want that to happen. So think about the power of unity that rests here in this church. The other thing, and we're almost done, the other reason why we need friends is... <laughs> believe it or not, you know, this is going to sound funny, I rarely look in the mirror. I know you would think I look in the mirror all the time. I really don't, which I should because I have boogers and all this other stuff going on. Uh, and my wife's like, you know you got a piece of lettuce in your teeth? Like, you've had it in there for five hours. I'm like, okay, I don't even know. When you have a good friend, they have this tendency to hold the mirror up in front of you. Yeah, and tell you you're starting to route to 66. Or wherever we're going. Yeah, they hold this mirror up, right? And they, like, let you know, like, dude, this is a booger in your life. This is an eye crusty in your life. This is you didn't shave that eyebrow, right? They have this tendency to, to show you that. In the Bible, there's this ridiculous story. Oh, Lord. When I read it, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, please don't let this be me. Between David, the man after God's own heart, D-Money, you, David, right? Man after God's own heart, and Nathan the prophet, the loving prophet that has been alongside David the whole time. He comes up to David. David's like chilling in his palace, and he's like, yo, David, can I talk to you? And David's like, yeah, man, come on in. Nathan's like, hey, man, I want to tell you about the story. Dude, it's crazy. There's this rich guy. 
dude, he's got all these sheep. He's got all these cattle. He's crushing it. This rich guy is so rich. David's like, okay, well, that's normal. Then Nathan's like, yeah, but dude, there's like this really, really poor guy that has like one sheep. Like that's all he has. Or a ewe. In that day, it was called a ewe. But he's got one. And David's like, okay, dude, yeah, I get the story. Like that's really cool, whatever. And then Nathan's like, yeah, but check it out. This rich guy has like somebody coming to his house. He's coming to his, his estate. So the rich guy, instead of like sacrificing one of his thousands of sheep or cattle, goes to the poor guy. He's like, yo, Jamal. That's probably not a biblical name. But give me your one sheep or your you. The rich guy goes to the guy that has won. And mind you, this one sheep the rich guy has had has like fed from him personally. They've cuddled, it says in the word. Like he slept with him. His kids have played with him. So there's some significant intimacy to this one sheep that the, the poor guy has. But the rich guy Imagine whoever that is, or is, I don't know, who's somebody super rich. It's like, yeah, I want yours. Takes it, kills it, sacrifices it for this guest coming to the rich man's house. David, the king, the man who's after God's own heart, is like, are you kidding me? Where's my spirit? Where's my bow? Somebody kill him right now. Are you? Why would somebody do that? And Nathan... Because he is a friend, because he flies with David, because they're in the same formation, because he knows he's called of God to walk alongside of him, all of a sudden flips the script and goes, David, that's you. And David then reflects on what he did with Bathsheba and Uriah and all of that. And guys, I will tell you, I wish in my last 20 years of life, I would have had a Nathan. Because do you understand what kind of loyalty to God and actually loyalty to you as a friend it would take to confront that? And I will tell you this, I am realizing in my very old age, if I'm ever going to achieve the destiny that God has called me to, I gotta have Nathans. I gotta have men that will see beyond gifting, beyond position, beyond whatever it is to say, like, dude, this is that's real love. Real love says when you can't run, when you can't lead, I will step up. When, when you are so far behind, I will honk like the geese do. They're not just honking because they're just singing a song. They're honking because they're encouraging the leader to go, move, be who you're supposed to be. And I don't know where you are tonight, but I am telling you, you got to have men and women that will pull a Nathan in your life when you don't even want it. When you're like, man, 
And sometimes, young David, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> when they do it, you're going to want to punch them in the face. Not even lying. It don't feel good. Nobody wants that. But if you stop and think, like, this is what I really want in life, you will welcome wise counsel. You will say, whether it's your dad, whoever, like, okay, yeah, I, I received that. Last thing, real community, uh, it loves, defends, and protects each other uh, in the best of times and the worst of times. And anybody had any worst of times in here? Okay. <laughs> I got a little, oh, that's good. Yeah. We've all had best of times, too. It's really easy to celebrate people and be alongside in the, in the best of times. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, guys. The, we as the church, we're not super great at loving people in the worst of times. Because it is super messy. It's, it's just yuck. And if you really want to love people in their worst of times, you better get on some waiters. <laughs> right? You, you, you better not put a time clock on it. And you got to be ready. And it ain't about you. But that's what we're called to do as the body of Christ. So interesting enough, what these geese will do is let's say, you know, whatever, 40 of them are flying in formation. For some reason, one of them gets hit or hurt or can't keep going and dives down to the ground. I'm coming back to my goose scientist. What? <laughs> You're official, the goose scientist. What do you think will happen? If one of them goes down, what happens? Yeah. So what she said is, the others go too. And you're right, it's not all of them. But typically what will happen is two or three will then go down with the hurt, the wounded goose. And they will protect it, wait with it. If it gets better, then the four of them will rejoin the others wherever they're at. Or if it dies, then they wait till it dies and then they go and join. I'm telling you tonight, you guys are that. And you don't have to walk very far to find a goose that's laying on the ground wounded. You don't have to go very far to find somebody that's fallen out of, of formation. But here's the thing. <laughs> to sit and wait for someone who is wounded cannot be done in your own strength. Because what happens is, well, I should be so much further. Like, why they're draining on my time. Like, I can't believe they're not better already. They're still struggling with the same lie. I can't believe they're still struggling with alcoholism. Are you kidding me? They've been in recovery for 12 years. Come on. On and on and on we go. But if we're hearing from the Father, fulfilled by the Holy Spirit, if we're loving like he loves, it's not in our strength. It's his strength we operate in. It's his strength that we sit with. It's his strength that we trust. That, like, God, I'm not missing the boat by somehow ministering 
to this person. And I haven't thought about this, but I, I wonder like how they even decide which geese go down. You don't know that, do you, goose scientist? Okay. Yeah, I wonder, like, so j just that point alone, it's not always going to be Chris and Paula. Sometimes it's going to have to be somebody else to sit and wait and minister. And so that's a whole nother dynamic that God wants to reveal to this church. When I say you're not here by mistake, you're here to, to minister. You're not just here to get fat and receive. There, there's a reason you're here. And, and, and I will even go as far as to say this. There's somebody in here right now. Your healing is directly connected to your giving. You're waiting for God to do a healing emotionally, spiritually, physically. And it's going to come as you give. It's going to come as you minister. So the same thing you're ministering to, God's going to start ministering to yourself. I don't know who that's for, but that, there's somebody in here that, that that's a direct word for. We're the hands and feet of his community. Isaiah 40 says this, 40, 29 through 31. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths, youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. You guys know that scripture. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. Community defends and protects. And I'll close with this scripture. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, Two people are better than one, because together, together, they have a good reward for their hard work. If one falls, the other one can help his friend get up. But how tragic is it for the one who is all alone when he falls? There's no one to help him get up. Tonight, I want to challenge you guys. Uh, maybe you have your, your, your core people. Maybe you have people on your six. And if that's the case, man, I, I would encourage you to let them know your gratitude and your thankfulness and, and of what they've done and how they've been there for you in, in your life and, and find ways to intercede for them and, and build them up. Don't let it be a one-way relationship. Uh, it takes a lot of intentionality to do that. And, I'm, and to be real, there's probably some people tonight, as you pray and you ask Holy Spirit, you got to start cutting them out. And that's a really hard thing to do that most people don't do. Most people feel, I feel so bad if I just don't include them anymore, but they just gossip all the time. But I know... Man, sometimes love is tough. And remember, our allegiance is to the Father first and foremost. And, and believe it or not, sometimes the most loving thing we can do for people is set boundaries. Because it's like all of a sudden now we hold up that mirror. In healthiness, we tell them like, hey, I just can't do X, Y, and Z anymore. I love you, blah, blah, blah. So some of us tonight... You got to find your six. You got to find your community. You got to find your other geese who you can fly with, who, when you fall out of formation, are there with you, who, if you were to fall down because of woundedness, are there for you. And I, I told you guys already, just through vulnerability, our story. And without those people, I wouldn't 
be here tonight. But I would say most of all is, Father, guide me to who, who is supposed to be my community right now. Because he'll protect you, he'll guide you, he'll lead you to the right people. The people who are supposed to have your six, the people that are supposed to be that the calling on this church has nothing to do with size or numbers. God doesn't need size. He doesn't need numbers. But he needs people who are like, you know what, I'm going to chase wholeheartedly after him. And I want to do it in community, and I want to do it in unity. So let it be said tonight, whether it is 25 people, 2,500, that whoever God is calling right now is this core, like you all, we all stand unified, arm in arm, and say we will not let division, we will not let the tools of the enemy get in the middle of what God is doing here. Because this body reflects the heart of God. And so whether your community is found inside of here or whether it's found outside of, know that when you establish the things we've talked about, people who have your six who are really in your trench, that embodies the kingdom of God like nothing else. And the world is yet to see it. Heavenly Father, we... Hmm. Holy Spirit, I pray that for each and every person here, I just see cement. I see cement going down slabs right now. I pray that you would solidify in the name of Jesus relationships that are supposed to be forged right now. I pray it would happen fast. I pray for a supernatural quickening of these relationships in the name of Jesus. And then, Lord, I pray for those who find themselves alone, find themselves isolated, find themselves away from a pack. Father, I pray right now that you would grant the hearts and the requests of those that need community, those that need other geese to come alongside of them, who are running in commonality, running in the same direction, that are running with chemistry, that will have their back. Father, I pray for a supernatural unification of relationships in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray, hmm, I pray, God, you would keep out the wolves. I pray you would keep out those who are not supposed to be a part of this community and you would draw not only all men to your heart, but all men to this community, men and women who are supposed to be here. Father, we thank you for the work that you're beginning and the work that you are going to complete. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.